This is a HeadGum Podcast. Yay, another episode of Enemies. Can you even believe it? Today's guest is so talented, so funny, stunning, stupendous, like sweet, cool, honest, and a listener of the pod. So that's always cool. I don't know if you remember, I've talked about this and we had Will Miles on and this, our guest Jared Goldstein is the one that told Will Miles that I was <laughs> talking shit about him on the pod. So that's super LOL. But he, yeah, Jared Goldstein is a fucking star. I'm so glad to be friends with someone so talented, young, hip, cool. And pulls off a plaid skirt like no one you've ever seen in your fucking life. Um, has great taste in dinner and podcasts. Like I said, a listener of enemies. I think you guys will really connect. You're going to love it. Um, you might hear the shower in the background. I got a shower. I'm going to the Finnish consulate today. I am truly hanging on by a thread. Um, but not really, but... Um, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of excitement, reunited with my Finland girls, um, so they'll be at the consulate with me and some friends, and we have shows, and I'm shooting a show, and I'm doing stand-up, I mean, it is all of my dreams coming true, I think what I, I, I can't do admin, so please be my assistant, um, if you, if you think you're that person, and you should be trusted with all my email passwords, let me know, um, lol, but um, thanks for listening. I think you're going to love this episode. And this intro is short, but I really can't talk to you. I can't. Oh, I will. I, had, I did have one really um, amazing moment. I mean, I've had lots, but I went to Bernie's, which is a great restaurant in Greenpoint. But I'm cool now, I think. Like, I've been going there a few times. Um, the manager there has a, a, a podcast on HeadGum called Girls on Porn. And so she runs that shit. And... Um, so she kind of hooked it up and we got to send someone a drink and I just love feeling special and you always end up spending more money when they treat you special though. You know what I mean? Cause then you have to over tip to be like, Oh God, the th you thinking of me is more than any discount. And so I love that little game. Oh, also what happened? So I was with a bunch of friends and we were hanging out and then we ordered a bunch of food. Then I went on stage and when I came back, everyone was on cocaine and didn't want to eat anymore. So <sighs> The, the downfalls of drugs. Okay. Um, I still ate, but it was sad eating mozzarella sticks fully alone. Enjoy this podcast. I don't even know if the past few things I've said have even made any sense. I should go drink some water. XOXO. Jared Goldstein, I'm so happy you're here. Lisa Traeger, I'm so happy to be here. Um, yeah, I'm fucking jazz. You are a listener, which makes me like shy, but also happy. Oh, I'm a big listener. You're a big listener. Yeah. Cause you're, you know, you're, you're fashionable, you're discerning, you're funny, you're talented, an actor since you were a child. So the fact that you choose enemies to listen to means a lot. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. It's a great podcast. You're doing great. What, um, do you have any favorite guests or moment? Like, what do you think? Are you a, are you a conflict prone person? Are you, do you stay away from conflict? What draws you in to the genre? Yeah. I, well, you, you drew, you drew me into the genre. Um, also Carly's artwork drew me into the genre. A hundred percent. But I am, um, conflict averse. It makes me really nervous, but as you get 
older, you realize you have to confront it and you have to handle it and not handling it is actually a big problem as well. So, you know, I've had to sort of like slowly make myself an adult who speaks and talks about their feelings and lets people know. But as long as you breathe and remain resolution oriented, you will get through it. But it sucks and I hate it and it sucks. What was the last argument or conversation? Like, what is it? Like, how do you even call it? Because if you, like, argument has such a negative connotation, but yet you're saying, you know, it's like um, a necessary part of life and not doing it makes it worse. Yeah. Also, what also makes it worse is if you're from Long Island and you start screaming. <laughs> that <laughs> makes it worse. That, yeah, that I have a, I have a tendency to, to get loud. Um, and not like in a, I'm not a name caller. I really pride myself on like, on not name calling and, and staying focused and staying on task of, of what's going on. But my, I raise my voice. It just happens. And I, I can't I even imagine. <laughs> We're usually just at dinner at a festival. Yeah. I, yeah. I, well, I can't imagine you yelling. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens, you know, you just get fired up and it, for me, it's whenever I feel like. I am not being understood or I'm like willfully being misunderstood. I get really frustrated. And I think my, my huge, huge, beautiful, perfect brain thinks that if I speak louder, then I will win. <laughs> so it's when you're not understood. My big thing, I don't, I don't think I yell, but I get, I go from zero to 150. It's like catastrophize. That's what I'm, mm. I'm doing where it's like, <sighs> it's a small problem. I'm like, oh, this email hasn't set. And to me, I'm just like, I will CC everyone. And I'll be like, can you, can you let me know why this was not like, I just immediately, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And I don't think people enjoy that. And I feel like I'm pleasant 90% of the time, but I really don't have patience. Pat maybe that's the, th I don't have patience. Do you feel like you have like anger hangovers? Like you like I, it feels like it, I get drunk with it, mm -hmm. and then two three hours later the next day I have this clarity and a headache, and I'm like, oh man. So like whenever I'm angry, I don't trust it, and that's kind of a frustrating feeling because like I wanna I wanna like honor my anger. I had like a great run with a therapist of just like embracing my anger and like not pushing it down because it's you know we're it's like this it's like this bad thing we've decided that anger is bad and that it's like childish or immature or wrong or violent or destructive and it can be all of those things but it also is just like I had to think about it like when you see a little kid throwing a tantrum like do you think that that little kid is a bad person you're like no that's just a kid and that's no I think his parents are bad people <laughs> yeah yeah and that's actually a huge thing for me blaming my parents <laughs> yes well that's yeah. where we get it from because how did they argue yeah yelling yelling and catastrophizing like I have the 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 chillest dad it takes so much to get him riled up um, and the most hot-headed mother who like just flies fly fly flies um, and so I'm somewhere in the middle, but I also do feel like I got the worst of both of them, and, and that's kind of nice. Yeah, I always say I have the worst of both of my parents' qualities in yeah. every single way. <laughs> yes. yeah. I wish I had one positive trait from each, but it truly, the I, all their worst qualities. I think, like, functionally and on paper, like, my parents are really hardworking. They're really, like, effective people. Like, I think I got a lot of that from them, but just all the underneath stuff is just, like... <laughs> 
Yeah, so um, have you ever had to, like, tail between your legs after you yelled at someone? 100,000%. And it's, like, really, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, but I also find that, like, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to, like, I don't know why I got so hung up on this, but I was like, apologies are stupid. And you, that just means you can do whatever you want, and then when you're done being a jerk, you can apologize. And I don't care about apologies. Bleh. <laughs> um, but then I like realized, oh, I have to do it. And I was like, oh, this is humiliating and so hard. And then you kind of realize, like, oh, wow, okay, actually, like, if somebody, like, genuine, I could even cry just thinking about it. If someone genuinely apologizes, like, the humility that takes and like the feeling of forgiveness of receiving someone's forgiveness it's like it's 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 god and it's heaven and it's incredible so like i if i make a mistake it's horrifying and i hate it and i want to be prideful and i want to be right all the time and i want to be cool and sexy and like perfect 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 boy but <laughs> if uh if i do fuck up i do really try to like like at least like make a meal out of the apology but yeah that's another thing it like it absolutely sucks and it's so embarrassing and I'm okay apologizing I wish I didn't have to do it so much like because <laughs> yeah. that's to one friend I finally had to be like eventually I want to stop apologizing to you I just want to stop this behavior <laughs> like yeah and yeah. you know and she's a very patient person so she's kind she's really accepting of apologies but I have one friend who really kind of wronged me in this way and will not own up to it. Like mm. the discussion we have is like, no, I really meant it this way. Oh no, I would never. She played the card of like, it actually hurts me that you would think I would even do something like that. It's like, oh, but you did it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it's pretty twisted. And I think what she did comes from like insecurity and like, weirdness and it was shitty but if she just said i have no explanation for this i was feeling whatever it was it's uncalled for and i hope to not do it it's twisted i'm so sorry i was so fucking weird i'd be like mm -hmm. yeah of course we're all fucking weird i've done shitty things like yeah let's move on but the fact that she was like i would never i would never it made me be like oh well then i don't trust you anymore yeah God, it's so, it's so tough. Because we do weird things. Like, my friend actually sent me, um, from the UK, we WhatsApp, and she sent me, like, a really sweet voice note, like, congratulating mm -hmm. me and being really sweet, and I get uncomfortable with that. And so then she texted me or messaged me being like, why haven't you listened to my sweet note yet? I'm, like, proud of you or something, and I go... I don't know why, but I will not listen to it. Please leave me alone. I was like, it's psycho. I can't. I'm like, I'm saving. I, like, it makes me too uncomfortable. I have like yeah. a card. Like, I have a card that someone sent me for my birthday. And I'm like too anxious to open it. I just won't open it. And I want to read this nice thing, but I won't. And so I just had to tell her, I'm like, I have no excuses. I'm like, it's weird. I can't answer for it, but I'm not listening to it. And then that was yeah. it. But at least, like, I, you know, instead of like, oh, I'm so busy. And I don't think these things are like the same but i would rather someone admit it because we don't all we don't always do normal things as humans and it's okay completely or I nice recently... things like i think mm -mm. i've done i've yeah i would just rather someone be straight up yeah i think it's so important for me and some other people <laughs> to just own that and and release that and let it be okay and let's start there sometimes i am just mean for mean sake and that's not good 
but it is okay and it is honest to say it and let's start there and i think that would i think that would help a lot of people yeah because we we are shameful little gremlins you know what i mean with all of these like insecurities and problems and like what i always have to remind myself is like my friends are so patient with all of my flaws and i have to stop i was kind of annoyed with a friend a couple days ago and i was mad for an hour and i went you know what who cares who cares Mm. He he wanted to ignore me and starfuck instead of acknowledge me. I don't give a shit. Damn. I go, you know what? <laughs> I don't give a shit. I can be like mad or I can be like, he's a great friend. Who cares? Yeah. So he ignored me one night. What am I going to do? <laughs> is, is that too crazy? <laughs> What if you just um, like had a little bit of poop on your face <laughs> and you didn't realize? <laughs> oh, my God. That would be worse if you didn't tell me. But, yeah, I was just like, I'm sure I've done something to him that's obnoxious. So I'm just going to let it go. Can I tell you when um, when like the pandemic started, um, I had a moment where like three friends individually separate of each other within like the course of a week had to like sit me down and be like you're you're doing too much and i need a break from you um and it was a really humbling moment did the three of them talk about it to each other no this was separate (laughs) yeah like so i knew there was like okay there's there was no like control group needed this was very clear um and i i i for two of them were felt pretty like I mean, it was it was very embarrassing for me, obviously, but two out of the three felt like obviously manageable. But one of them was like a very, very close friend of mine. And it felt like I just felt the lowest I've ever felt. It felt really, really bad to have. um, And what happened was it was sort of like and this often happens, I think, with comedians, um, but it could be anybody um, when you have um, like sort of a twisted sense of humor um and um you like to drink um sometimes the the formula you know gets a little astray the results can you know be a little bit and just uh, we just we were just but was I that I was the underlying fun. of all three of them i'm sorry were the underlying issues with the three separate people the same mm. it was drinking and being sassy or no not necessarily but i mean it wasn't you know I'm, i was the common thread in all of it so in some to some extent yeah so i i i thought i was being fun sassy and silly and loose and carefree and, and it, it didn't really go it didn't land um also we were on a like a friend vacation um which is tough. I don't know that I've ever successfully gone on a friend vacation that did not almost end that friendship. Yeah. And was it, you mentioned this was top of the pandemic. So was this tight? Like This was like by the summer. This was like by the summer. Cause some of it was like, it came and went and. But you rented a house, I'm assuming. Yeah. That kind of vacation. Yeah. You know. Because also, if you're, like, in and out or you're at Disney, it's like, okay. But when you're in the house and pandemic, it's like you're... Yeah. And also, like, it was, like, just the two of us. And, like, it was... Oh. uh, Yeah. I mean, because it was, like, that was the time. It was, like, you know, you you had to get tested before you did anything. And it was, like, we were just, like, let's just get out of here. Let's just, like, get out of here. You know, we'll get tested. We'll go find a place. We'll, like, chill. And it just, like, it just didn't go very well. And, uh, And it was my bad. Um... 
and it, there was an opportunity for me to like wholeheartedly apologize to a friend. And then another thing that is like so important that like I've had to learn that like when other people don't re return this, it is very frustrating. It's like when I mess up, I have to apologize. And then I, the next thing that I have to also do is give them space. You have to give them space. You can't, as much as I want to fast forward through the bumpy part of the friendship, like you just can't. You have to just like give them space, give it time, sit in the doghouse. I'm in the doghouse. That's where I am right now. You're still in the doghouse like a <laughs> oh, year. Oh, no, 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 not anymore, not anymore. Okay. Um, but like just in that, in that moment. And it is really nice to be on the other side of it and realize like, you really, 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 truly can get through most things if you meet it with, you know, true humility and all of that. Well, and, and patience, because um, yeah. the person I was talking about earlier where they like, they just won't admit they were kind of shitty and like made I excuses. Um, they did still like event like around whatever they apologize kind of, but then they want it like this. And then I got a message being like, if you don't want to be friends, just tell me. And it's like, no, I want to be friends, but I don't trust you. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be different. Like, we're not going to just like hop back to it. So it's interesting. I like that you mentioned you got to give people space. Yeah. It's the hardest part because that's, that's when you just sit at home and just think all these scenarios of like, who are they telling and how much do they hate me and I'll never see them again. And I'm so rotten. And it's the spiral. You know what else I wish I could do that recently came up. I wish I could see something and go, cool, I'll call you later. Well, give me a few days to think about it. I can't have time for this. Let's deal with it later. But instead, it's like in my head in circles, spiral, spiral, spiral. Yeah. And I can't stop thinking about it. And so I have to deal with it in the moment. But that's not always the best way to deal with it, especially when it's text or DM or something like that. And it always, it almost Because I have a thing is. that really escalated, but it was all DMs. And I wonder if in person we'll be able to solve it or not. I don't know. Interesting. And you've not seen them since? No. Okay. How, did you leave it sort of okay feeling? No, it was left at like, sorry, it came to this point. Agree to disagree. Ooh. Yeah. All right. More to come. More to come, I hope. I bet, I bet when you're in person, because that's the thing. It's like, even like when I, like, I'm like a conflict averse person. And when I, as a, like, as a part of that is like, when I'm realizing that I need space from a friendship, I, I won't blow it up with an argument or if I can avoid it, I will just like that Homer Simpson meme of like backing into the tree. Like I will try to do that to the best of my ability. Um, but then you see them. And then you just remember all the good stuff. And when you look at a person and you know what I mean? It's like you, as, as, as much as you've been through with them, it's like you remember the good stuff and why you became friends in the first place. And like, you know, it just feels, it feels good. It feels good to like be with a friend and see them and just like forgive. Um, well, I guess my question or follow up to that is, you know, a lot of our friendships are business. Yeah. And that kind of complicates things. I think, you know, like if you're having a professional dispute, how does that, you know, it affects all these other things. Like I we know, know <laughs> I feel like we know so many people that like professional, that best friends work together. Then it's like, poof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even casual friends. Like it is, we're like yeah. professionally tied to our friends. Yeah, it is stressful. I've tried to do it. 
a few times and I'm not great at it. Like I'm really not like, there's a reason that I do stand up. <laughs> like you do it alone. Like we are, I, I am, I like to be in control. I like, I like these things. And, and I, I'm, you know, I, I work against that and I try to like, you know, let people in and, and make room because, you know, I don't want to be alone, alone forever. And I don't, I don't even necessarily like, it, it's romantic to think um, I'll be at the top of the mountain and go, this was all because of me. <laughs> but like, that's not true. And it can be so fun. I watch people do improv and I'm like, wow. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, a friend of mine came and was, we went and saw an improv show uh, at, at uh, the, what is it called? Groundlings in, in LA and it's like the gay one. It's called the Gale, and they were so incredible. They're so incredible, and like Jimmy Fowley was a part of it, and all these great people. And and I'm just like screaming and howling. And my friend was like, "It looks like you, you look like a kid who was like seeing bubbles for the first time." <laughs> <laughs> and I like I just think there's this like there's this like teamwork and like that is so exciting. You're making this thing you couldn't make alone, and I just can't do it. I'm a rotten, <laughs> rotten. But you loner. do it on a set. I mean, you were um, you worked with Nicole Richie. I did work with Nicole Richie. A list. Um, you've been on sets. You were not. I mean, you're an actor. You're out there. Yeah. Uh, do you? Do you find it stressful to be on set? Te that's teamwork, though. I guess so, but I also I feel like so 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 stressed, and I'm so scared of everyone, and I'm really like trying to work through. I have a lot of like child like former child actor stuff about being on set, where I'm like. I just don't, I, it feels crazy. It's like you have to get up so early. They like put you in these like weird clothes. Like there's these expensive machines that are like so important. And it's like, whatever you do, don't look at them. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so weird. This is so weird and scary. And how do you feel? Do you feel like, how do you feel? Um, I love it because it's like, I'm, I always say I love summer camp vibes mm -hmm. and it is a summer camp vibe. You come in, someone brings you a coffee, you ask for eggs. Like I enjoy that. Yeah, I enjoy that's, that's nice. <laughs> I yeah. love being in hair Asking and makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I love being in hair and makeup. Like I love those <laughs> girls and God, like I just, that's like where I thrive. I would say is in that little trailer. And then on a set, like. Right now, I, I'm, an, I'm a small part on a big thing. And and interviewing all these SVU actors, kind of, I think about this all the time, where it's not about, like, everyone's been working for 12 hours. <laughs> everyone's working 15-hour yeah. days. So I come in for maybe four, five, six, seven, eight hours. But, like, they came before and after. It's the end. Get it down. So it's like that pressure does get to me where it's like, fucking up a word or not understanding like I, I kept missing my mark like I wouldn't stand on the tape and I'd be like stand it's on hard the tape thing. <laughs> it's hard it's really hard because you're again it's another thing you're not allowed to look at because I got a note once that I they, that I was seen looking at the mark and I'm like well you want me to land on it how am I supposed to know where to land if I can't look at it yeah it's like and touch her shoulder when she says this line you're going to turn back around and before that line is said you're back to the front put down this thing look up here and not at the light and then it's like we see a glare from you move one centimeter to the right deliver your line but make sure you're looking at that person not that person it's like no wonder they're making millions of dollars this is complicated it's like, so technical it's really yeah and so that's bad because like i don't want to keep people longer 
I want to be creative and fun and in the moment. And so like I, but yeah, I don't like the fear of like fucking keeping people longer or like disappointing people. I get that stress, but I really kind of love it. Yeah. I really I mean, do. I just, here's what I really wish. I wish that we could find a different way to start a scene than the director yelling action. That part freaks me out. I'm like, I'm going to do it, but not because you told me to. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, I, I'm not in it now because you just yelled action at me. And I'm like, uh, you know. That's the job. It's kind of like everyone wants to get into porn, but can you keep your dick hard and fuck in front of 20 people? <laughs> can you hold your jizz in and jerk and, like, let the load out right when you're supposed to? It's kind of like that's... It's really that. There's all of that other stuff. And yeah. can you be pleasant? And <laughs> what I love in the set is, like, I'm usually a nobody, and so, like, um, no one acknowledges me. And mm -hmm. then I feel like I kind of probably do good. And then all of a sudden the sound, everyone wants to talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? All of a sudden the props were like, girl, what's up? And I'm like, <laughs> well, you didn't want to talk to me two days ago, did you? <laughs> did you? All of a sudden you're really okay. interested in what I'm doing. I've been okay. trying to make a friend here. Wait, but I what? I love that. I love that. Do you, but that's like stand, it's like with everything. Like like people, yeah. you know, it's because how are you friends with someone that's not funny? That's tough. Yeah. Like I truly like I don't I don't get in my head about that. Like I, I, I understand why people do because of like star fucking and all these things. But like if someone's being nice to me because I had a good set, like I'm not going, you can't even get the fuck away from. I'm going, no, they're being nice. I had a good set and now they're nice. And I don't care why people are nice to me. If you're nice to me, you're nice to me. Don't be mean to me. Be nice to me. Yeah. I don't care what your motivations are. It doesn't your motivations don't matter to me. <laughs> yes. You okay. know, I love this. That's that's the name of the episode. Your motivations mean nothing to me. Be nice. <laughs> yeah. But can you see through it? Can I see? Th you know what? I don't think I can. I thought maybe I thought that I think that I could, that I thought that I could, but I don't think I can. Do you think it's because of your child actor days? Like, what was the vibe? Everyone's just pumping you up, right? Is that why no, everyone's honestly, twisted? The vibe when you're a kid, which is which was at the time I really enjoyed, was what you were just talking about. Like, stand here, look at your mark, touch the shoulder, turn around, be here, show up at this time, don't be late, be, you know? And also a big part of it, too, was, like, be quiet. Like, because you're, you're kids, and kids, you know, kids are known to start screaming, to start crying, to get distracted. So, like, I was really encouraged to just be quiet, to just, like, stand on my mark, sing the song, know the words, be quiet in between sets. Don't touch anything. Don't like, and I really, really took to that. Like I'm such a type A person and I like boundaries. So for me, it was like really exciting. And I, I felt, I felt a lot of pride from adults trusting me to be able to do that, to be able to like, you run here, you stand here, you get here, you do this. I don't have to worry about you. There's my, my, my other, my counterpart, you know, cause you're a kid. So everything is double cast, my, you know, my counterparts having a meltdown and I'm going, I'm not having a meltdown. I'm quiet. I'm standing right here. Star student me. <laughs> um, so like I, I really did enjoy that. Um, I think the hard part was really like, after that being a teenager and then like puberty started and then I got like fired from this job and I just sort of never worked again in musical theater and then I got all this acne and I felt like really insecure about the way that I looked and I just 
uh, just all of that. And like trying to become like, I just feel like I didn't make the transition very well at that time. Um, and I, I also wish that I had someone who, who knew what that experience would be like and could protect me through it because, you know, it's like my, my mom and dad, you know, they did great, but they also like, you know, they, we don't come from, from performing. We don't come from this. So they didn't really know how to handle when it got hard. It was easy to handle when it was good, but then when it got hard, you know, it just, we just didn't know what to do. And it, and it, it, it really like, it really took a toll. And I feel like, honestly, to this day, I mean, I still feel like I'm like trying to fix something that like broke, you know? Well, your skin looks good. Thank you. Thank you. And I thank Dr. Kim and I thank, uh, I have a lot of people to thank (laughs) for that. No, that is tough. But even though you were like quiet, go there, do this. And you paid attention Do you, you really didn't get any extra little kid moments or like, oh, or yes. you were treated like an adult. No, I got some, by, by kid moments, do you mean like fun, like? Like sweet, extra attention, extra compliments. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely like at school, I had to really be careful with it because it could very easily turn, like the attention could go negative and it did a few times and it was a lot of like fag, fag, and like that wasn't great. But there was also like, there were times like certain jobs, like when but I was honey, a kid. Honey, you were in New York. Like, did these people never meet a gay person? Like, I just don't get it. Why? I mean, I, I guess it was just like, not that they had never met a gay. Like, we had like out gay teachers and stuff, or maybe not out, but like we had like teachers that were known. And um, yeah, I, people, you know, homophobia has deep roots and it finds a way. Um, yeah. Were they so, jealous? Yeah, Sure, sure. I'm sure some of them. I'm sure some. Um, But, you know, some also just not. But there were fun times. There were totally... I mean, I just loved it. I loved physically, you know, doing it. I loved leaving school. I loved going into the city. And it's like these tall buildings. And I'm like, it was just so exciting. Like, my dad worked in in the city. And then I started working in the city. So I felt like I was, like, you know, making my dad proud. And I'm like, Dad, look, I'm like you. Um... It was just so fun, and there were definitely times when, like, when I, I when I was a kid, I was uh, in a, a sketch on SNL, and we taped it on VHS because that's when that that time it was. Um, and then a friend of mine asked me to bring it to school, so I brought it. And then uh, in every next class, a, st- a student was in the last class and would go, "Jared was on SNL this weekend, and he has the tape, and we should play it right now." And then every teacher would be like, "Huh? What?" Really? Uh, okay. And then, like, we just played it all day. And that was really cool. I felt like I felt like such a little prince that day. What was the <laughs> sketch? Do you remember? Of course. I'm still playing it for people to this day. <laughs> um, it's, it was called The Fun Friends Club. Tina Fey wrote it. Uh, it's it, On Howard Stern, she said, he asked her what her favorite sketch that she ever wrote was, and she said that one. Um, Rachel Dratch, uh, Jimmy Fallon, Ray Liotta was the host. It was like a Barney sketch, and I played one of the kids. Uh, and it was great. It was really fun. So kids were nice that day. No one was like, oh, great. Yeah, kids were nice that day. They were impressed by that. I mean, we're still impressed by that. That's what's yeah. <laughs> that's not yeah. changed. Yeah. When our friends get SNL, it's really a big deal. Yeah. And they won't talk to you again for two years. No, JK. Yeah. <laughs> JK, but someone told me about that. Like, when, if your friends become famous, they get two years to be a dick. 
And then if after two years they don't settle, then you've lost them forever. But usually they'll come back after two and be like, hey, what's, you know, um, I've settled. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So that, I mean, I I don't know if that's a hard and fast rule, but I was like, okay, that's cool. It like gives you um, more grace for your friends. Yes. Yeah. It feels fair. Because I think like a lot of the people who would get upset about that, I'm like, if you were given this like, super fast car and you get in you know what I mean it's like go enjoy it like go drive like yeah it's always the worst when you hear about the friends that are like well, what about me I thought I was gonna go why am I not here oh great you know that's always like really sad like let your yeah. friends enjoy, like you said enjoy their fast cars <laughs> yeah so when you settle like with the acne and the not working in your teen years, how did you get out of that space? Did you still have good friends or like what I happened? Did. I did. I, I ended up moving to LA cause my friends had moved there and it was really fun. I was visiting and just like, this place is fun. And like, I don't have a ton going on here. Um, but then I kind of just like threw myself into their world which was very fun. It, there was like young actors at like hotels and, you know, clubs and stuff. And that was, I had a really nice time, but it also, it got hard towards the end because I just, um, I didn't really have my own identity separate from that. Like I would, I would go to parties and then I was always with a friend of mine, um, who is still a great friend who I won't name. We'll just say their name is Headgum. <laughs> and I would go to parties and people would see me and they come to me and they go, Oh, Hey, how's Headgum? Before even saying, hi, Jared, how are you? They would just ask about this other person. I was like, damn, this But you this don't hurts. know if that was happening the opposite. You don't know if HeadGum was coming to a party and people went, where's Jared? That's, that's true. That's true. That could, I'm, and I, honestly, I actually know that that was happening at times. But it, 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 it did feel hurtful for someone to walk up and before saying my name, they said someone else's name. Yeah, because I, I just thought of our friends, Sydney and Marie. Uh, Sydney's been a guest on the pod, but I bet that happens to them a lot. Yeah, Mar- I, bet. I mean, now they're in different cities, but like, I want, I, I bet, yeah, when you're a duo, you're a duo, baby. When you're a duo, you're a duo. Wow. Okay. I'm, uh, you're reframing this for me in a nice way. And it's, of so course, that, sad when, like, the friendship is not where it is, and then that can yeah. irk you. But, totally. like, yeah, if you're best friends. I think that's that that grew, that issue grew, especially for me. And it that became, like, one of my first, like, biggest uh, confrontations with, like, a best friend. We were living together at the time, and it, there was a lot of, there was a lot going on. You know, we were so, like enmeshed in each other's lives and like it just became about the dishes where like we would just I we it would just it got so contentious I could not believe it. Babe, it's like, all about the dishes. That's life. It's mostly it's like who's gonna wash the dishes? When are they gonna wash the dishes? Are they washing the dishes the way I want them to wash the dishes? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's all about the dishes. I'm at a point now where I watch people wash my dishes and I get stressed and I'm like, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. (laughs) (laughs) I was buying paper and plastic utensils for a while because I was like, I'm not doing this. I can't do this. I love your joke about living alone and being like, oh, (laughs) someone was cleaning. (laughs) God, I got to remember all these bits. I got to fucking. Yeah, I just got my early call time. For tomorrow. It's so evil. Why do we do that? 
Well, because I know you literally have to. You literally have to. That's it. You have to. That's well, because it's it is. so funny. So we have a friend today, and he just got booked on his first acting thing. I actually don't know if you're friends, but um, we'll be Jared uh, Freed. You know Jared Freed. Oh, Jane Train. I don't know him well, but yeah, we have the same name. So yeah, so I'll bleep that. <laughs> yeah, I guess he books. I don't think he might, but he books something where it's one line. Okay. And he kept trying to like down. He's like, well, it's just one. I, I go, it's a big deal. I'm like, it's still exciting. But yeah. um, he's like, my call time is 530 in the morning, but I was going to podcast at 1 p.m. That's fine. Right. I go, honey, mm -mm. you're not getting out at one. He yeah. goes, it's just one line. I go, babe, settle in. You, if you hit the set by one, you're lucky, babe. <laughs> yeah. And he like couldn't believe it. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm just like. <laughs> yeah. Babe, the lights. I don't know. The, the lights, lights take a really long time. The lights, yeah. <laughs> but they have to make sure you're there and just ready. But it is like he he thought he'd be out in six hours, which is understandable thought process-wise. Thought, yeah. But it's just not Sets are crazy. Happen. Sets feel like a pirate ship because everything has a funny name and yeah. nothing is called what it is. And it's like all these, you know, people with like ropes tied around their waist, like yelling about like sticks sticks i'm like what are sticks <laughs> yeah suddenly people were screaming martini and i was like yeah, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah, yeah there are no martinis they the pirate thing's funny because they're also very tough i feel like everyone has to hold a heavy thing yes everyone yeah that's the thing too it's like everyone's carrying something heavy it's like truly like as annoying as it is to like be like poked and prodded and sit around and wait and get up at five in the morning all this stuff better it's like than manual labor easiest job you have the easiest job but i still find a way to fuck it up i still find a way to fuck it up one well, time we, when i was a kid i was like so nervous to be on the set it was like it was a movie it's called um it's kind of a funny story zoe kravitz was in it so it was emma roberts and viola davis and like all these at the time it was like this was probably f almost 15 years ago so like you know, to see who was in it then now, it's like, oh my God, it's unreal. Um, but um, Lauren Graham, I could go on, whatever. Um, but I was in a rehearsal. Um, I told a story about going to uh, a music festival uh, and they wrote it all in. I had three lines and then suddenly had like eight lines and it was very exciting and everyone was really happy for me. And then that day on set, um, I just totally, I got so nervous. I just choked. I got so nervous and I had to smoke this fake joint and it kept going out. So I had to like smoke it so much to keep it lit. And I just couldn't remember my lines. And when I, even when I could, all I could do was just say them. And at a certain point, it's just going so bad and so bad and so bad. And then the director just like pops his head out from the side of the camera and goes, Hey, are you okay? And I was like, bitch, get it together right the fuck now and also like coming from being like a little show pony child actor of like knowing how to hit my mark being like puberty and like coming out and being closeted and all these it was just there it was too much it was just too much to also try to be a star are you kidding me it was too much and you're with fucking zoe kravitz you know yeah. that's like that's a that's tough was she a fun it, little kid teen so fun so fun yeah now you, you are friends with 
you know, a couple celebs, I would say. Someone hey. that's in a hit show right now. You've known him for a long time. Um, you worked with Nicole Richie, like I said. Is there a difference being friends with someone famous? We just said, like, you have to give your friends some leeway. Personalities change. Sure. You've known one of these people for a really long time. Like, what what are the vibes being friends well, with a famous person? That was like probably the most fun part about like moving to LA um, was I, uh, you know, not of my own accord, but I was at these parties all the time going. Well, to I like, remember you said something about like, well, we had no problem getting into the Chateau Marmont, like when I was trying <laughs> to. <laughs> and that is true. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I met truly. Every like I, I moved to LA in like 2011, 2012. Between like 2011 and 20 like 15, I met everyone. I met everyone. There's no one I didn't meet. It was very exciting, and it was a fun thing. I was, like my that was my whole life in the beginning of like I would just call my parents and they'd be like, "Who'd you meet?" And I'd be like, "Last night we went here and I saw this person." And I shook their hand and we talked and we shared shrimp and they said this thing and now their phone's in my number. My number's in their phone and I've, I'll never hear from them again. But how cool! And I was just constantly like having new and fun experiences with celebrities, and it was uh, exciting because it was like the way through it was just to pretend like they weren't and just to sort of pretend like you didn't know who they were and just act normal. And then when you, when I realized that all I had to do was just be normal and then you could suddenly be friends with celebrities, it was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. I know, and but I really I don't enjoyed it. Like that you have to pretend you don't know who they are. You like kinda, that's sometimes you tough. gotta be fake. You gotta be fake. It's Hollywood, honey. Well, Get I in. did that. And then <laughs> we friended each other on Instagram and she had all of these DMS from me because from I was obsessed. <laughs> That's me with Chelsea Peretti. Although I never pretended to not know her, but like, yeah, I'm just like, oh, there are not even DMs, but there's just story tags for fucking deck. Like, I'm just like, oh, God. That's what's tough. I wish you could just be like, by the way, like, that was the best. Like, I don't know if I met Drew Barrymore, I'd have to pretend I don't know who she is. I'd have to be like, oh, what, what's up? What do you do? Like, what are we, what are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, mean, I speaking of like the two-year thing, um, I met a celebrity uh, who I don't know and never knew, but we just were at a party and I met them, and it was um, very exciting to meet them. It's, it's a, it's not a bad story, but it's not an entirely good story. So if we'll let's exclude the name, but it's. Okay, um, great. Yes, yes. And I met I met them in like 20. It was like right after that big first movie they did. Um, I forget what it's called. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah, that big first one. <laughs> well, you know how Joel Kim Booster has a game where he's like, um, is she a movie star or an actress? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's an actress. I yes. think who we're talking yes. about. This is an actress. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, I think that's really cool, too. Oh, yeah. To, no, like, I don't you think, know what I mean? I don't think either one is an insult. It's, and yeah. either one can be seen as an insult or a positive. I think that I it just true. is what that's it is. That's true. Totally. It just is what it is. Um, so I met this actress, um, and I had been told, like, that when they got famous, they needed two years. Um and when I when I, I met them, it was a little bit after that point. Um, and I I just I don't know what came over me. I was just so genuinely excited to meet this person who was having their moment now. And we were just sort of talking and it was like sweet. And I think we both felt comfortable. And I just asked her, are you having so much fun? And she goes, yeah. 
And then she tells me, at first, I forget how she said it, but she basically just offered that. She goes, at first, I needed two years. And I was like, okay. And wow. it was just very cool. It was very cool because it was like we were complete strangers. And I just I asked her just like from a compassionate place, like a really fun but real question. And she gave me like a really real answer back. And it was very it was very cool. I just I already thought she was so great. And now I just uh, after that, I was like, you're the best. Well, there's someone that's like having, I think, a huge moment. And someone was with them at a party. And I guess they said something like, oh, are you did what you did? Like, oh, this is, must be so fun and exciting. And they kind of went the other way of just like, it's a lot of work. And I'm like really tired and it's a lot. And I wonder what that is, if that's yeah. like self-preservation, if you are that tired. Would I, I feel like I might... I always have fun, but I'm always complaining. <laughs> like, sure. I'm just not an organized person. And one day when I have an assistant, I think my personality will be better. I'm just like, I'm not good at dealing with all of this, all the all the nitty gritty, the admin. The I admin of success is tough. The admin yeah. is tough. But I feel like I have witch powers because at 9.51 a.m., I found an email that was due at 10 a.m., that I didn't respond to. And I was like, oh my God, thank God. Yes. But um, I just need a little bit of support in that way. But then when I don't get, I just, I don't know. Here's something so scary though. How about this? What about if you get an assistant or you have all these, you know, this team of people around you and things start going wrong when you don't know, you don't have your own answers because you have hired someone to have your answers and then they don't have it. That seems so, so stressful and scary to me. Like worse than having to deal with it all in the first place is like delegating it and then it didn't and it doesn't work. Well, I just seems... want to be shuffled around. I want like a goggle where it's like, okay, please be up at nine. And then I'm up at nine and people are just doing my hair and makeup. Right. Yeah. And then I'm being shuffled along. I don't even want to know where I'm going every day. Maybe have sides in my hands, but like, I just, I think my dream is to just every day, someone be like, okay, we're going here, 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 and here. And we're doing this and I'll go great. I hope I get a spot at the cellar tonight, too. Like, I just don't want... I would love to be shuffled around like an Alzheimer's patient. A well-dressed <laughs> Alzheimer's patient through from set to set to spot. That would be my dream. I just watched the Selena documentary, and watching her have her hair blow-dried at, like, 5 in the morning was just so restorative to me. I'm just like... I don't even like getting my hair, like... I don't like, but I'm very sensitive. I'm like, no heat, get away. But like, if someone wants to wake me up at 5 a.m. and just like blow dry my hair because I'm Selena Gomez, I'm like, okay, okay, fine. Uh, how do you feel about her kidney situation? You know, I, I, I did some Googling today and it's tough to read. Yeah. It's tough to read. Yeah, I don't trust her. I don't, I, <laughs> you stole um, that girl's kidney and you keep partying. Okay, here's the thing. In the interest of self-preservation, if I ever meet Selena Gomez, I will try to be her best friend. And I, I would, I, it would destroy me if Selena Gomez found the audio of me disparaging her behavior. So I'm going to just, I'm for future Jared, who is BFF with Selena Gomez, I'm going to say, how dare you talk about my friend like that? That's, that's my girl. It's just such a funny place to be like, you took someone's kidney and then stop talking you, to her. Like, you, you it's read not, the headline it's and it's money, really... It's not a necklace. It's not a boyfriend. It's like, an, it's like a Mad Lib or like a, it's like a parody. Yeah. It's, yes. like a, it's like something out of 30 Rock. You're like, whoa. Um, 
Um, wait, I I do love that you had all of these um, celebrity interactions for all these years, and that your parents were so into it. What I've noticed that I really um, that bothers me is it seems like famous people want sycophants. I know a couple friends that like. I would disagree. Unless but. you are saying yes, you're not going to be in. You, but I'd like to know your perspective. I would disagree because I felt like my saucy little tactic when I would, you know, spot a celeb that I wanted to have a fun interaction with was to like play it cool and not to nag because I don't I'm, I don't like to nag. I'm like a nagging person, but in the spirit of nagging, you know, you kind of have this like this sort of um, familiarity, you know? And I, I always thought that that was, that, that it seemed to work for me. I liked, I liked to kind of, to, to go the other way, to, to kind of like take a load off, have an, uh, an immediate familiarity in a, in a light interaction. And that really seemed, I think, I think it, it's, it's uh, relaxing for a, a person who's constantly um, like maybe stared at or treated in a certain way to not yeah, be but treated like, that Do way. you ever see groups of, where it's like one person's deciding where they're going to dinner? One thousand percent. Like, and well, everyone's I, well, I saying involved. yes. Like yeah. there's not another friend going, come on, bro. Could we just do this tonight? Like, uh, so yeah. that's what I mean. Maybe sycophants the wrong word, but it's like they're in control. They're a dom. They're a top, and they're looking for bottoms because they're the top. That is very. I'll say that's real. I'll say that is fully real. And as a uh, as a as a as a gay guy who has who has has been friends with women who are actors, it's you feel that and and that I think for me that was like. That was the easiest sort of like mirror to hold up to myself. Like I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that role for that person. You know? Yeah. It's. I want. I want to put in a dinner suggestion too. Like I don't yeah, want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I just didn't want that. I didn't want to. I didn't want to feel that way. And there was times when I was in. You know, I'm sitting in the passenger seat of a Range Rover, and I'm going, "Ooh, <laughs> this maybe this isn't so great. <laughs> like maybe this isn't exactly perfect. Oh. Maybe I actually do want more for myself." <laughs> what was the craziest interaction during that time with like um, a celeb? I'll say one that just comes to mind so readily is. I, there was a, the, the Roosevelt, the Hotel Roosevelt mm-hmm. in Hollywood. I used to go there a lot. Uh, and I got, I like me and my friends, we got there and it's like all these people and it's really dark and it's really loud. And we're kind of just, we're like, our coats are still on and we're, we're like shaking hands and we're meeting people. And I'm being like ushered to just like shake hands and meet someone. And like, as my hand is halfway there to the hand, almost touching, I'm realizing that it's Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was like really, and that was, the, that was the whole interaction. It was just high. That was it. There was no, there was nothing beyond that, but that felt so fucking crazy, especially at the time. It was just like, this is the most famous young man. And wow. So with Ryan Gosling, wild. what do you make of the Ava Mendez, Ryan Gosling thing that Ava Mendez just doesn't have a career anymore and is like locked away in a castle raising his two children as he's out partying? Like, 
Wait, do they have kids? They have two kids, and she doesn't work anymore. And she said she's just happy having his children. But then other sources are like, he's keeping her away, and he's out there. But I'm like, maybe she just loves being a mom and loves not working and being rich and she's just beautiful and and like ryan gosling's her husband that sounds incredible <laughs> that sounds so good um but also i find a lot of actors are really religious and they're like they get really famous really young they get all the fun fun wild party 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 out of their system and then i think the next way like because it's when you're like 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 like the way to be fabulous is to like be like a rich star at the party in the lamborghini and all these things but then you get tired of that and then now at 27 the way to be fabulous is to be like the youngest mom in the car line yes you know so like that's the next like it comes from the same place but it's 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 a different pursuit but it comes from the same place of like I want to be the fastest on the treadmill and the first to finish and and the youngest at these things um and I think I think maybe there's maybe that's happening maybe you know maybe she's enjoying what's that. your theory on um all these religious people in Hollywood because there know, are a lot of Christians in there. There are a lot a of lot, devout Christians. A lot, a lot. When uh, something I noticed when I first moved, because I was, I'm, I'm from Long Island. I was living in in Manhattan for five years before I moved to LA. And when I moved to LA, I noticed there's a lot of Southern accents. I'm interacting with all these Southern. I've never heard a Southern accent in my life, and I'm just suddenly surrounded by it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of Christians uh, in Hollywood, and. It's, it makes sense. It just makes sense. That's what I think about it, you know? It's like a lot of like young, kind of like homegrown. They're like, their faces were really symmetrical and straight, so they got shipped over here. And, and you know, it's like, if anything, they'll clutch onto Jesus harder and they don't know what's happening. And it's like, I get it. I get it. Well, when you were a kid, you know, on sets, you're supposed to have someone, did your mom, who was it with you? Was it your mom or dad? It was my mom for the most did part. She but my dad was around too, but my mom <laughs> did because there were so many like classic stage moms who were just like really wild. And it made it really easy for us to see that and go, okay, well let's let's not be that let's not do that but we found our ways. We found our way. My mom would kind of lose it not on set because that's the thing too. It's like you want to you want to be cool on set and in front of the right people. But then sometimes when we were like around the family, maybe there was a karaoke happening and I didn't want to do it, but I was going to do it with a smile. <laughs> and so it was like, it was so weird because I'm like, I'm literally on Broadway. Like we're cashing the checks. We're living this life. Like, why do you need this? Why do you need me to sing, sing Phil Collins at, you know, this like hotel for the weekend with my aunts and uncles. Um, but you know, <sighs> what do you make of Leah Michelle's personality? Um, I <laughs> pass. Is that okay? Yeah. Pass. <laughs> That's a total pass. Yeah. I want to please you, but I also, <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I just, you know, I love your perspectives on all of this. Um, 
you should definitely write a book, you know, that's, that'll be your fourth wave of the career, maybe fifth, you know, in your sixties, you'll write a nice book. Matthew Perry shitting on Keanu Reeves, really upsetting, really upsetting. And it's like, did you not, are you that isolated? You don't know we're obsessed with him now? Like we love him. Yeah. I think, I feel like he has a sense of humor that was uh, great and really like uh, celebrated at a time uh, where our sense of humor is now different. And I think he was probably just like activating that same like classic Matthew Perry muscle where like if he had said that in a book in like 2002, like no one would have like blinked, you know? So he's just But because he said it in 2022, you know, there's more awareness around that. I think that's what happened. Or he genuinely wants the man <laughs> dead. <laughs> Which might be more fun to think about. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So, you know, I've been so celeb hungry um, on this, but like, what were the things that you were kind of planning on talking about when you, when we agreed to do this? What was I planning yeah, on Yeah, like, did you have about? any Most- fights or issues? Like, what were you um, hoping to kind of get into? I was hoping to like be um, honest and like talk about like difficult arguments that I've had with friends, um, but most importantly, uh, not identify anyone in any way, in a way that would stress me out tomorrow. And now I would have to kind of circle back and sort of isolate 45 second segments of this podcast and say, can we please remove this segment? And can we do remove this segment? Um, So that was kind of the main thought. Okay. Yeah. So, um, have there been any friendship ending fights in your adult life? Yes. Yeah. 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 And do you feel, how do you feel about them? How do I feel about them? I mean, obviously I don't feel good about them. I think I, I stand by them. I think, I mean, and that's the thing that's like tough too, because it's like, I'm sure they stand by it too. I don't think anyone really thinks of themselves as like, I mean, at times I think of myself in the wrong, but when it came to those like kind of big blowouts, that's just where the end and I yelled. And that's the thing that, that, that's, I can, you can always, if you, you can always say that about me and you will always be right. And I will always be wrong, but I just do, because I, I think the way I think about it is like when I am yelling, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not calling anyone names. I'm not like, I'm saying the truth and I'm just telling people how I feel. I'm just doing it like really loud, <laughs> um, which I shouldn't do. But how do you feel about it? Like when, do you, do you yell when you argue? Like, Well, it's interesting. I've, I've talked about this on this pod where I've been on both sides. I've been the person that's like, you need to stop yelling at me. Like your aggression's yeah. not okay. And I've also been the person where the other person is telling me like, I don't like the way you're speaking to me. Your tone is not okay. And it's kind of like yeah. when you're a driver, or a, um, a pedestrian, you're on the side of whatever you're at in the moment. Yeah. Like fuck these car, fuck these walkers. So that's how I feel. Um, I think content's more important than delivery. But I think people that didn't grow up yelling, like it means something or it takes them somewhere. Like it is jarring if you're not used to it. But I do think like one person I'm thinking about in particular, like weaponizes it by then pretending to be the victim, even though they've said horrific. Like if you say horrific things, but in a normal voice, that doesn't make it better than if I'm just reacting yelling. And I felt like she was like weaponizing it. But um, 
I also think sometimes when you're trying to like talk and someone's yelling and you're just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not there with you. So I don't know what to do. So I see it both ways. I wonder if you have to just respect that one person, but like, that's what, that's a big part of it because I have friends who are, uh, who, who are okay with it. And, and you go, you can go back and forth in that way. And that's, you're not crossing a boundary. Um, and those are friends that I really, in those moments, I really value. In the other moments, I go, oh, if you were my other friend, like, this would be perfectly fine. Um, so I think it's about knowing. It's about, like, when someone establishes that boundary, like, just respecting that. Um, but I think for me, the reason I start to yell is because I make the stakes really high. I make them really high, and I'm like, if I don't convince this person of my perspective the world will end or something and what I've started to do was like I try to think of the the argument in past tense I'm like it's three years later and you're just telling them your side of it three years later like and if they don't accept it they don't accept why is it three years later because I'm trying to like I'm just trying to calm myself down I'm like if I think about arguments I had three years ago, I'll tell you what I said and I will have less fire and less like fear. It's really fear. I yell out of fear that like, that I won't be understood and that like, I don't know. But sometimes it does just feel so good. It just feels so good, especially when you are right. Cause sometimes look, sometimes you're just right. Sometimes you're wrong and sometimes you are right. And when you're right, and you're flying and your <laughs> and your your throat's on is red i'm just like i'm like that feels good that's that's the beach for me <laughs> that's I, I just had a convo with a friend where she was just like i had another discussion with someone and she's like i've never seen you so angry maybe you should have waited a little bit before you talked cuz but i don't know and the anger was directed at that person, or was this you were telling a f- different friend about it? It's one of those situations, you know, where it's like you don't miss the person day to day, but it's still sad. Like you can't end a le- like a long, v- deep friendship, yeah. and be fully unaffected. So I know that it. I don't miss the day to day. I don't miss how I was in that friendship. I don't miss this person really. But of course, there's moments of sadness. And in those moments, I'm like, fuck, should I have just said this one thing different? But would it have mattered? And do I want, what do I even want? It's just like it's in my head all the time. So my friend was like, yeah, you were really angry. I've never seen you so angry. And that, that so for know. me is like when I am angry, I don't trust myself. Which I, I also don't like because I'm like, it, it almost makes it worse. Like, I really feel like that really makes me feel drunk because I'm like, I'm so hot and I feel confused. <laughs> You're like hot in your head or sexy in your body. Hot in my head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hot in my body. Like you get all, it, it takes over my whole, that too. It's like, it's like. Have you ever been in a position where you're like shaking, like you're about like you don't want to get physical but you're like truly shaking completely it used to be like i would shake every single time i had to tell someone how i felt like when i was like you know like just forcing myself to start telling people like how i feel the knee it was the knee the knee and it would i wouldn't even be yelling i'd be calm i would and a lot of times it would be just saying like you hurt my feelings my knee would just start going 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 i used to really i've really had to work on learning how to do that it's like it's like toxic masculinity but it's like also being closeted it's like it's ever it's like so many things and you just you just you you're just 
you're like a shell of, of your, of your, you know what I mean? You have all these barriers between yourself and your emotions and your, and the things you feel. So like to try to like bridge that, it's just, you're, it's like, I have spent 20 years like building a cage and now I'm supposed to just, I built a really good cage. It's really strong. It's like a really, it's like shiny silver bars and they're thick and it locks. And now I'm supposed to just undo it. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to need some time because I did a really good job building it. Yeah, that's why I, whenever the conversation comes up, or like, why do the gays have to be so gay? I don't know. Do you have to be so gay about it? I'm like... Yeah, this is like what freedom looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People have had to hide who they truly are. And it's like beautiful to see people be able to be who they are. Um, but I, for some reason that bothers people. But I think about it all the time, like having to hide parts of yourself or think people will hate you because of your truth. Obviously, it's going to affect you. Yeah. Oh, it goes. I, 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 I try to like identify it more and more like in my day to day of like, oh, this is just closet like I heard I heard from like I heard once that like our brain gets like wants to repeat the same like chemical trauma again and again and again and again like we get addicted to like that that cycle and now I just repeat it and think it and believe it um so I try to like isolate moments in my life where I'm just going oh this is just the new closeted this is just the new closeted like I found a new place to put those feelings so let's like you know be aware of that and try to disengage it I mentioned this earlier. I have a, or maybe we were off camera, but I have a, I have a talk in two days. I have like a scheduled call with someone to discuss stuff. And it's like, I have a, it's my notes app. It's like constantly changing, updating, put this here, say this after this. Do you really need this? Is that important? Is that going to hurt their feeling? Do I really need this? What's the most important message? What's the, it's just like, it's nonstop in my head and I have days to live. Like I have to live outside of it. But all I'm thinking about is this discussion I'm having in a few days. Yeah. But honestly, good for you for preparing because it's important. It is. And it's someone I don't think I've like had this kind of discussion with. So I'm like, really? I, I, I had nervous. a similar discussion at one point a few years ago. And I, my document was stacks, stacks high to the ceiling. I'm like, this is everything I'm going to just, you know, direct your attention towards. And we started the conversation and it could not have gone better that it was so alarming that I was unprepared. And they were like, Yes, the answer is yes. And then suddenly I'm having now to stand in front of my huge stack so they don't see that I made a big <laughs> stack ready to like really let them have it and just kind of be like, okay. And I feel it almost was like embarrassing. It was almost like embarrassing that they were that they that they were so ready to meet me and I was so ready for them not to that it made me think, okay, in the future, you need to prepare for the worst conversation, but also Prepare for the best because I was unprepared for that. And I felt, I felt like this the is rug. great advice. I'm writing this down for me, for my talk. You're right. Like, why am I stressed? We love each other. We're people that love each other. I can also prepare for the best. Yeah. Just, and it's it just a little, just a quick, just a little, you know, take three minutes, go, what if they say exactly what I need them to say? How, then what do I say? Yeah, Just it's in also case tough it happens. for me because I have these specific examples and I feel like because I have these specific examples I'm not happy with, it negates 
the 90% of things I love about this person and our relationship and what it is. And so like, that's what I'm scared of too, is like pinpointing like this, this, and these things really bothered me. And it means this, and I need this to change for the future. But then I don't want them to be like, well, I've also done this, this, and this, and this. And it's like, I know, and I love those things. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like figuring out how to make sure I communicate. Like I'm obsessed with you, but this really bothered me, you know? Yeah. It'll yeah, it'll help. It'll definitely help to make people feel that because that's always and the knee jerk. People are going through so much. It's so hard right now. It's like a post pand not post, but like pandemic, elections, trauma, life. Like we've become so much more, I think, understanding in theory of each other and what we're all going for. But then when you want results from people, it's like I don't care. You just had a baby. Get to work. You know, or like whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, babe, relax, relax. Or like, I was really frustrated with someone and then I found out their like nephew died. And it was just like, oh, take all the time. I don't need, I don't need this. Cancel it. Like whatever you need, (laughs) whatever you need. Um, I don't care. I don't care about this at all. But, um, so yeah, that's what I'm struggling with. It's like, oh yeah, it's the end of the world. We're sliding into fascism who actually gives a shit, but then it's like, I give a shit. I don't know. Yeah. I was just going to say you do. You (laughs) do. And, And yeah. And you should. Yeah. I wonder if I'll ever be relaxed and not in a conflict or an argument or mad at someone or texting or fl- or furious or like w- I just I wonder I wonder I have if to I'll believe, ever have that. I have to believe that you will. I have to believe it because then what's I mean maybe it actually might it might like it's like especially when I had a lot of acne when I had one zit. I was furious when I had like seven or eight, you just give up and you're just like, all right, it's fine. It's I'm, I, this is my week next. We'll try again next week. And that week was in a lot of ways. It was really, there was a relief there. There was relief. It was worse, but there was relief and I felt better. Um, so maybe it would help to just be like, you know what? I'm never going to be relaxed. So let's just start <laughs> relaxing. But I also do, I want to, wrap my hands around my life and I want to squeeze it until it's exactly what I want and only that. <laughs> like, that's what I want to do. I want to make you so mad that you yell at me so I can know what that's <laughs> yeah. like. You know, just ask me about, like, a fight I had recently and I will scream towards you. I do it to my mother all the time. <laughs> that's what moms are for, yeah. our sweet little <laughs> angels. Yes. Just Well, someone said this where it's like, I yell at you because I know you'll still love me. And our poor mothers. Yeah. Our poor mothers. So what was the last fight? Who were you mad at? What happened? The last fight. And you would never yell at like a director. Oh, God, no. This is not, this is yeah, French, no, friendship no. I mean, here, well, here's the, I don't know. Do you maybe, and your sister maybe. yell at each other? We do. We do. We do. Like, my, yeah, my answer is my family. I, that's so obvious now that I just thought about it for one second. Um, my last fight is with my family. It's, it's almost always with my family. Um, my sister and I uh, were really close, but we are also, like, just extremely different. When I meet two siblings who are like each other and are, like, friends in their day-to-day because they like the same music, they like the same clothes, they like the same... I'm like... What the hell is that like? I have no idea. So my sister and I, we, we, we love each other and we're very close and we get along, but we're also extremely different. And there's times when I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how to proceed. I don't know how to proceed. In terms of like, she's like a finance bro and you're a creative guy or more deep than that? I think it's more deep than that. I think it's just like, 
I think it's also so tied up into my parents too, because I'm like, you know, you get a therapist, you start blaming them for everything and you start figuring out all the little things and why you're like this and what happened. And you see it still happening in traffic in 2022 and you're going, that's the thing from 2001 and it's still here in the car. Ah!" Um, And then I see how did it affect my sister and what have it got in? And I I know it all got in for me. It all got in. I'm, I'm just, I'm chaotic and it's, it all got in, but I see it in my sister and it's just, I think like, so every single time it's so humiliating. Do you find this every single time I'm having an imaginary argument telling some person what exactly what they need to hear? I go, literally I'm talking to myself and you go, Oh God. So I'm, whenever I'm, and it happens the most with my family, my sister, my mom, my dad, whatever I'm yelling at them behind their back to my therapist, to the other one on the phone, I'm like, uh, that's exactly what you need to be saying yourself. Dummy. Yeah. Recently a friend was talking about another friend and every single thing they said, I go in my head, I'm like, you do this. you're you're doing this (laughs) okay do you feel like you can tell that friend that or is that like no they're on their own (laughs) journey that's not the journey that i'm popping in on yeah that's i don't that's there a friend of mine has a joke hamid weinberg about how like his therapist your therapist is like is like your friends in that they know exactly what's wrong with you but they won't tell you they're just like another bad friend yes yeah yeah, but because you have to accept that's what I, you know, I, as a listener of the pod, I'm sure you've heard me say this, but that's what I'm and I said this already, like my friends deal with me being annoying and I have to let them be annoying to me. Like, yeah, the, my God, the, my friend who just did something that I was like, oh, God, so annoying. But I'm like, who cares? They're allowed to be annoying. We're all allowed to be annoying and ourselves and fuck up and all of that stuff. And I'm sick of being so judgmental. I'm so judgmental. I hold everyone to like the highest standard where like one little fuck up just crumbles this house of cards for me. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And it's like, babe, they're they're the people you love. (laughs) Like, let them be. And and then I start thinking of everything that they put up with me. I interrupt all the time or like, you know, all of my annoying qualities they think about. And I just want to be less judgmental. You know, what's more tricky understanding. Though? I'll tell you what's really tricky. I have I, I, I feel the same way. But then I have times when I feel like that same uh, like energy is not given back to me. And then I double down on the anger that I pushed down from a month ago and I go, no, but you're so annoying and I let it all go all the time. And I was annoying once and you can't let me let it go, but I let you let it go. And now you're, do you ever do that? And it's like, you, sometimes I can't talk my way out of anger. And I think that's what I have to just like, sometimes you just, I just have to have confrontations as annoying as it might be as like, wow, wow, as it might feel. I'm like, Sometimes it's going to get me eventually. It's going to get us eventually somewhere. It's coming in, you know, it's so funny because what I, you know, from the what is it? Surf like from far away, not mm-hmm. that far. I'm loving your life. I feel like you're out. You're about you're proactive. You're doing sets. You're working hard. You're having lunch. You're going to friends. You're always at an event. You know, it's nice. You really have some balance in your life. Yeah. And underneath it all, what I've missed is your rageful and yelling <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> like but can i tell you i honestly like you, um the way that i see you enjoying your life so like 
fully and purely in a way that I really admire and have like in the last year I have like actively modeled myself after you and the way that you enjoy yourself and you enjoy your friends and you enjoy your life and I see you on Instagram and I see you in person and I'm like damn I I want that for me too I want to just say yes and go to the party and go to the show and see my friends and do what I like and and you're doing it and you know what I think what I think about with you is I love that you are hey let's do dinner like I've become more because sometimes I'll sit alone in my room and be like everyone hates me I have nothing it's like but I can text someone. <laughs> yeah. I can say, let's meet up. Who cares if they're not that close or if they're a new friend or I just like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? And so I've, because of you have been more open to like, I'm just going to text this person. I'm just going to see what they're up to tonight. And it's really worked out. Like I've had, I had a great surprise dinner th- this past week because it was just like, Oh, I re- let's see what he's doing. And he was like, I'll be at your hotel in a half hour. And it was just like, yeah, it can be really fun. It also can really make you feel like a sad loser who is too old yes. to, to be a loser who doesn't have friends and everyone's busy. It yes. really, like, I, woo, I, I had a nightmare about it last night. I, I, that's, I've, had a, I've had a, you know, so sometimes the stars don't align and you just have a bunch of texts that kind of just go nowhere and you're like, damn, I am, how old am I? <laughs> I don't have friends. <laughs> um, and I had a nightmare last night that I was like literally in a pool with two hot gay guys and they were friends and left together. And I was just like wet and alone in the pool. <laughs> and that was the whole dream. And I was like, oh boy, that hurt. <laughs> that yeah. Hurt. Loneliness is real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Loneliness is super but real. I'd rather, I'd rather be like, okay, on that, okay, so uh, it's kind of a funny story. This movie I did this, this while back. Um, I'm on set. I'm pretty fucking nervous. My first day, the star of the movie, the star of the damn movie, who was like this young kid from Canada, um, I, there's a knock on my, you know, little honey wagon door, and I open the door, and it's the star of the movie going, hey, like, um, what do you, do, do you want to get lunch? Do you want to go get to get lunch together? Like, what, I'm bored. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, my God. The star of the movie feels lonely and wants to hang out with me and wants to, like, extend, you know, an olive branch to a stranger. And, and uh, you have all these preconceived notions about what that would be like and what that would mean and what that would say about them or about you. But when it happens, you're just like, Oh my God, you're beautiful. That you're the strongest, bravest person I know. This is, you're powerful. Um, and I, I want to, I want to be that if I'm, if I'm bored and if I'm lonely and if I want to, you know, I'm like, just let someone know. It's like, you know, yeah, it's, the fear of feeling like a loser stops you from being less of a loser. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You kind of hold yourself in there. And I have. Believe me, I've done that, too. But um, there was one day where I was just in town. Like, I just had a fitting real quick. And then it was five o'clock, beautiful New York. And I didn't have plans. And I, I didn't know what to do. And I just walked to the cellar, hung out with the server. And then I, I was there for four hours having a great day and I was like oh yeah I get to go here and like I do have these people and I do have Colin Quinn he'll give me an hour you know it's like it it ended up being this glorious thing where I was like damn I do belong in a place even you know I can walk in here no one thinks I'm a loser because I'm here like I don't know but yeah although do you find this though do you find this though I I like if I have nothing to do on a given night and there's a show I see in someone's story with three of my friends on it I'm going to that show 
But do you find that you get to the show and people go, are, are you on the show? Wait, what? Yeah. Are you, oh, you're not on the show. Wait, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, oh, you, oh, you're just... Oh, you're just hanging out. And I'm like, can you just let me live? Like, can you just let me live? No, because those are the people. It's not like, you know, how you said to me, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy my life. And then there's also people that are like trying to make it. I guess. Business. They don't yeah. understand the thing. Or they think you're doing something like, oh, yeah, you're here at a network. And it's like, no, my friends are here. I don't know. I'd rather watch yeah. people laugh. Also, I like getting high and make, make me laugh, bitch. There's <laughs> yeah. a reason. I like comedy. Like, I do love. Oh, last night was so great. Um, David Tell and Jeff Ross go on stage together all the time uh -huh. at the cellar. And I actually haven't seen it in, like, years. I don't even think since after the pandemic I've been down there and they're just so funny and they make and then they asked me on stage and I was just <gasps> watching and so then I got to go up and like riff with them and get just fucking dragged and it was like ah uh, like I like to laugh yeah. I like to sit with my friends and watch David Tell and laugh and it's like yeah why not why not go to a show and sit and enjoy the people doing stand-up you it's know great. like there are people who make me laugh I, to this day, I'm at open mics cackling at my friends. You are really hardworking. You know, some people might say, no one says this. That's like the craziest thing. Suddenly <laughs> yeah. it's in your head. But the assumption could be like, oh, child star, like, oh, actor, I don't know. But like, you're just out there doing it all with yeah, no well, ego. The thing is, I had, I did have a, I've had, I've had a lot of fun, fun, cool experiences, but I've also had a really tough go at it. I've had a real, I have been fired and then didn't work again. I have been replaced. I have been dropped. I have all of it. I, I, I'm like, I've been, my first audition was 22 years ago and I haven't stopped. Like it's, there's so much rejection that it's like the longer I'm in this, my, I mean, any, which is, I get beaten down and beaten down and beaten down. So it's like the idea of like having some big ego or expectation that to me is like a sign of someone who's new, who like doesn't, who hasn't been, who hasn't seen what this all, how, how fun it can be, but also how, how much of a letdown it can be and how hard it can be at times. Um, so yeah, I don't, it's, it, it, let me show you the 9,000 tapes I have made that I have not even a callback to show for it. So I'm like, with that whole stack, there's no way that I'm walking around like I'm king of the damn world. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, this industry is so deeply embarrassing. And the longer I'm in it, <laughs> so the more egg you have on your face. It's, it's hideous. It's just so embarrassing. And they know how desperate you are. And it's just like, I, I, even from high school, I'm remembering I was in Ma, I was in a kabuki play in high school, <laughs> the monstrous spider, and they're like dye your hair black, and I went, of course, anything you need, and then I, I wore a hat the the whole production, and it was just like. <laughs> Ruined my senior photos. I had tried to strip it. Like I looked crazy yeah. for years of my life because I didn't even question it. It was a play. I was in the se the second act of a fucking play in high school, and I went, "Of course, of course, I will. I'll dye my hair black the moment you tell me to." Oh, I dyed my hair black to look like Ashley Simpson when I was in high school. That's really cute. Yeah, <laughs> she is good. She's great. Also, I like those songs. I, like a, a, a pretty powerful low for me 
it was like after my voice changed and I was still trying to do musical theater, but like I just wasn't singing well enough to really do it. I had an audition to be in some like musical about like go-go boys and they needed me to like, they wanted me to like have an accent and they wanted me to have like an Asian accent, but like I can't really do one that isn't like shredder from the ninja turtles so i was like i i'm gonna just do australian because i can actually can do a pretty good australian accent and that's the accent i'll do and i'll like they wanted you to like kind of and like, it's a it, statement yeah sure yeah i'm, I'm being political <laughs> at this audition for a go-go boy musical um <laughs> and it's they they wanted me to like improvise a monologue about my experience and then um and then also do a dance, like do like a go-go boy dance. So like I'm doing this audition and I'm like talking in an Australian accent. I'm like 20, I'm like writhing on the ground, like being a go-go boy. And then as soon as I'm done, one of the people like behind the desk was like, hey, you were in A Christmas Carol in 2001. And that was a Broadway show at Madison Square Garden that I was in that was the coolest, one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. And I was like 13, I looked like I was like nine. And she goes, I was in that too. And now I'm like on my knees on the ground doing an Australian accent, like writhing on the ground, like seven years later, like for this like non-union. And I'm like, the last time this woman saw me, I was on literal Broadway. And now I am on my knees <laughs> at like Chelsea Studios at like but two o'clock. I did not book. I did not book. <laughs> I did not book. And I'm like, this is so deeply humiliating. This is so humiliating. That's why the movie stars are millionaires. It's to make up for the humiliation that they have <laughs> yeah, all yeah. suffered. Yes. I am owed. I am owed $1 million. Well, I remember in high school we did Charlotte's Web. And like while we were getting ready to like get into that production uh -huh. we had to like pick an animal and like go around and be that embody that animal and it was oh, just God, like nightmare. i don't want to do this i'm not <laughs> yeah, fucking nightmare. oinking around with my classmates <laughs> and i played lurvy the farmhand because i could not commit to be i could not i could not do it i literally just could not same. do it it's like I, I my favorite show ever was friends and i always thought that joey i was like too much I don't buy it too much. Like I've always been like just humiliate, like sing, sing alongs. I'm humiliated. Like I don't want to, I don't want to be silly with people because they ask me to be silly. Yeah. But I, I am jealous of that for not jealous of the freedom, but when I see people like on Instagram posts that they're in a karaoke room with just five people going full out, mm -hmm. I'm like, wow. I like that. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could just <laughs> go full out in one of those little rooms in front of a few friends. Interesting. Uh, without a drink, I would need a couple drinks. Yeah, or I maybe see I that could. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass at the moment. I don't want you to go. I feel we have to go. I've been holding in this piss for like an hour because I just, <laughs> I'm so scared if I move, you'll leave and I just want more. Okay, <laughs> I know a fun thing. So we were in Montreal together. That's like a... Um, you see people at their best and worst. You know what I mean? Like, mm. because people are networking. It is a networking e event. It's not even, like, embarrassing to network there. Like, Although if you're you there know, trying to get a job. But it is You know, can I tell you? Before I, I went, I was, I was talking to uh, to Megan. Uh, and she, Megan Gailey, comedian. Yeah, great. yeah, yeah. Uh, and she... Um, 
she was like, when are you getting there? And I was like, oh, I'm going to get there like on like Monday. And then I'm there until like Sunday. So it's like six days. And she was like, oh boy, like get ready. And I was like, what do you, what, what, why? And she was like, it's just like a lot of like talking to execs and it can be, it can be exhausting. And I remember thinking like, I like doing that. <laughs> I'm excited for that. Like that doesn't sound exhausting to me to like stand around and like have like a vodka soda and like, you know, whatever the hell. Yeah. People just like complimenting the shit out of you. I but like my thing too about the exact, like also the other side where people are like, ugh, the execs, ugh, the execs. And it's like, sure. Execs suck. But I'm like, some of them are just 29 year old, very fashionable women. And they like to do Coke and have a good time. Like they're not all, <laughs> they're not all stuffy and terrible. Like they're people just like us. It's like, if they're like, oh great, these comics. And it's like, some of yeah. us are cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like some of the lawyers are fine. Like you can also have friends that are, I, there's people I've never worked with professionally that I'm friendly with and friends because they're cool women in comedy. Now it's different. But like when you first start, it's just so many dudes that I was like happy to meet an exec. I'd be like, Oh, these fun women. Thank God I can have a friend. I can tell, you know, like someone has a Bobby pin backstage, something. <laughs> yeah. And so I also don't like when people, I feel like sometimes want to act too cool where it's like, ugh, this networking is so exhaust. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, Chloe's we're just fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chloe's a good time. I don't, yeah. I don't know what yeah. to tell you. Like yeah. Nick's hot, like, or whatever. <laughs> like, There's so many hot Nicks. It's crazy. Yeah. I wonder if we're thinking of the same one. I think we are. Yeah. yeah. He's so hot. It's insane. <laughs> So I'm going to I was just like, wow. He's just out and about and hot and quiet out and, and supportive. About. Out and about. Hustling. Hustling. Yeah. Every day I'm hustling. Tell people where to find you. What do you, yeah, like what, what's up? Uh, you can find me uh, online at Hey Jared Hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just online. Oh my God. Elon Musk is really losing it. It's know, really funny. It really is. I it's think just such classic nerd where it's like, but you're censoring the people that talk shit about you. Like I just, it's so blatant and clear and we all knew it all along. People that were, you know, that know enough losers, I guess, but it's just so embarrassing. I saw a really funny meme that was like, this is like when Scar took over Pride Rock. <laughs> It's so perfect. So perfect. Literally so perfect. But do you, what do, you I, do you think do you think it's gonna be some real huge exodus? I don't I just somehow I don't see that. I deactivated. Um I think I don't know the point of staying. Like I don't want to pay for my check. Like it's gonna be a mess. I think it'll turn yeah. into like 4chan. Like I don't really do Reddit. Like I don't do stuff wow. that's like I think it's gonna go into just like full blown like Nazi and porn. I think it's just gonna be N words and penetration. Like I think that's all it's gonna be. Wow. And doxing and just like anyone that makes fun of Elon will get it. I mean, he also fired like three thousand people. Like he's just not a good person. He just tweeted people should be voting for Republican. We told you Elon Musk is a lunatic. We told you this stuff. We told you Joe Rogan. Like we were all right, it is, and it's just yeah, like it's we're just too weak to, for people to listen to, to us. Because it's you like, know. Or, is it that we're too weak for people to listen, or like I, just, I don't think they genuinely don't want to listen. Well, no, my friend, my friend said the reason, cause my whole thing is like, why can't we have left 
lunatics mm. like the right does. Like, why aren't we stabbing Brett Kavanaugh in the chest? Like, why aren't we running into his house with a hammer? Like, what is stopping yeah. this side from enacting? And it's because we don't believe in fascism. <laughs> we're okay with people believing other things. We're not going to force everyone to get abortions. It's like, yeah, if you don't believe in it, don't do it. We don't give a shit. Like, and because we don't yeah. have that dogma, it's hard to get fervent. Is that the word? And like, and you know, get a tiki torch and light it on fire. Like it, it's not in us because we're okay with people having other lives and understanding other perspectives. We're not, um, full blown where it's like this is it's a Christian so, so nation and you like wear this the fun thing you, about doing stand up is like you get to like meet people that you would not have met and I when I meet people who are like who like who at least on the surface live this like really different lifestyle than I do I'm like fascinated and I want to know more and I want them to like me and I like want to connect and I'm like what is what's going on like I'm so fascinated so this idea that like I would want everyone to be like me I'm like I'm so sick of me. I'm so sick of my shit. I don't want, we don't need another Jared Goldstein. I, I, it's, it is, it just feels so foreign to me, this idea. No, yeah, and it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. like who do you kill if you're anti-racist? I don't know, like the, yeah, like I don't. Who are you? You know, and then mm. it's like us against the Nazis, but they have nothing to lose, you know. They think they have a lot to lose. They have the, their white nation to lose or something, but in theory, and we have more to lose. That's why it's so weird. We're not miserable enough. We're like too complacent, but like the things that they're doing in education and that people don't know about the Holocaust, like shit is scary, but <laughs> yeah. we're just like, let's go to set. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> we're sending in more self tapes. We're just like, I'm the delusional problem. Like that's the thing. Maybe we all see flaws in ourselves too. You know, yeah. like, oh, I'm not. I don't know everything, but they don't. Like they think they know what's best for everyone. But for people that like idolize Elon Musk, like how embarrassing for them. And like, and now we see what a fool he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even Scar had a better sense of humor. Scar had jokes. Scar can, Scar could fuck. I think. Oh, Scar I think was he, reading. You know, Scar was he reading. had good taste. I bet he read. Like I think he knew about culture. Scar's reading. Scar is like an intellectual. It was Jeremy what, Irons. Was it? Oh, it was Jeremy Irons. I was like John no. Malkovich. But you know, you know like the a first distinguished... thing I for was The Lion King. Yeah. When I was eleven. It came down to me and two other boys from like God, hundreds of what children was, oh, that I God, Your call. life was awesome. Oh, no, 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 not in the movie, the, the Broadway show. But then wasn't it Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Yeah. It was really cool. Wow. It was really cool. I didn't get it, and I was very sad, That's but it was enough to, to cooler, get me started. even fucking cooler, dude. Wait, did you see the meme um, that was like, Simba, uh, my uncle just killed my father and ran me out of town, Timon and Pumbaa. Get over it. Just <laughs> yeah. sing a song. Yes, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. How did you deal with rejection as a kid? Like, we're already talking about how hard it is and as an adult. Like, what did you do as a kid? So as much as I want to drag my parents <laughs> for, for ages, um, they really, my mom really instilled, like, some just huge, my dad too, but my mom, these great lessons. And, like, one of them was like, so, okay, one thing that I always think Wait, about. Wait, you have to, I have to pee. I have to pee. Don't forget what you're okay. going to say. Don't I, forget. I'm holding it. And now it's just the listener. And the guest, comedian, actor, writer, writer. yeah, I've been paid to write, writer, star, 
Jared Goldstein. Um, I'm I'm looking through the Zoom into uh, Lisa's hotel room, and it looks nice. There's a lamp, and what I'll say about the lamp is that the light emanating from it is yellow, which is huge. You want a yellow light coming from the lamp, not a white light. The yellow is soft, it's sex, it's love. A white light in a hotel room, oh boy, you're at a doctor's office. <laughs> I was just talking to the listener. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, um, okay. Okay. So uh, a great lesson that my mother taught me. Uh, one, this is separate, was um, you, d- you don't have to be invited to everything, and that's okay. And that's huge. That, that gets me through most weeks uh, when I see people having fun times on Insta Story and I'm not you there. You don't have to be invited to everything. That's okay. Period. Um, and then, the, uh, but the but the one that we were just talking about was okay. So this first audition, uh, it's going so well. It's so exciting. It feels like it's all in the stars. You can see your life changing just just within reach. And then it doesn't happen, and it feels so cold, and it feels so like like fixed and sudden. Um, and in the car back from you know Midtown to Long Island. Um, I'm sitting in the back seat and I just started to cry and I just laid down in the back and I just cried. And then my mom, she said, it's okay to cry. You can cry for this one. But if we, if we do decide to keep doing this, you can't cry anymore. So this is the one time you get to cry. And I said, okay. And I just wailed and wailed and wailed. And then we started and then, and then that didn't happen again until I got like fired, but like much later, but like, yeah, it just, it's luckily it went it went well enough that that it 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 was more fun than not fun um it got harder later and then that's when it wasn't so easy to just not cry um but it helps to be really talented that's a huge way to handle failure is to be so talented (laughs) that really gets you through it um but you know it's there's so many people who want to do this and now more than ever that it's like so insane that like any of us get to at all and then people they say what do you do and I and I say I'm a comedian and they go well what else do you do and I go that's it I'm like that's it's really it's really it's very it's wild so when it's not going no, I was well at the, you know, it's not going well I was at the hotel bar and we were talking I was talking to the bartender and we're hanging out and then he goes wait what so what are you here for what do you do and I had to say so I have the best job. <laughs> so, I, you know, however you want to relate, react to this, sir, it, I am, I'm doing great. So <laughs> that is what it is. And there will be down, you know, yeah. it's ups and downs. Like I, you, he met me. I, it's actually all, it is really fun. And I, I've talked about this a lot. I always think about the person that has to empty the toilet on the plane. It's like, there's so much, there's so, there's so much. And when it's down, the thing that I like, what I didn't do when I was a kid that I, that I try to make sure to do as much as I can as an adult is like when it's down to be on my side more the most when you're down, like that's when you really need to protect yourself, to be on your side when things aren't going well. Cause when things go well, it's really easy. It's so fun. It's yeah. so great. You feel so lucky. You're so happy. You're engaged. You're excited. But then things slow down you get no's and, and, you know, it's that, that it's, it can be challenging and it's like, it's so important to me to make sure that I, when I'm, when I have no job on the calendar and I don't know what's next and I feel, you know, unfunny, I haven't written a new joke and all this stuff and to just, to really take that time to go, okay, now this is when you need yourself. So, you know, 
Are you going to be here? For no, it? but we're all so sickos. I feel like I was really down on my stand up for a few weeks. I'm like, oh, some of these jokes are so old. I got to get an hour to get. I got to do this. I got to do that. One new bit and I'm back in action. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm a star. <laughs> but, you know, the rejection, it's also not just for this. I think this is like for people listening to because I was saying something about to my friend. I'm like the ups and downs of this career. I'm like, it's too much. The excitement, you don't know what's happening. And she goes, well, it's forever. Like every time you interview for job, like I have a friend who's been interviewing for jobs for two and a half years. Wow. Like, um, she's trying to get, cause she's way qualified, but needs more money. But like, if you're looking for certain high positions, my brother-in-law was applying to jobs, I think for like two years before he got one. Whoa. So it's like, you know, but now he's at a giant company, leads his own team. He got to, this was my favorite. He got to hire someone from his old job and double their salary. <gasps> That's very so cool. So that feels cool. So, you know, but when, so like everyone's dealing with these stretches of, no, for us, it's hard not to, it's hard not to take it personal too. Yeah. But you're not, not everyone has to be invited to everything. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, me too. It really, it's, it's honestly, I instantly, I stop. The fit is over. I go, that's fair. <laughs> that was such a good lesson. I mean, this has gone on. You're so interesting and great. I had fun. Hey, Jared. Hey, on the internet, mm. anywhere else. Where did the Nicole Richie show move somewhere? It's on Roku. Roku. It's on Roku now. Yeah. If you've got Hell a Roku, yeah. throw it on, put it on the background. You know, you know, I saw her at the Backstreet Boys concert. You did. And I loved seeing her be like one of us, just happy for the Backstreet Boys. Yes. Like she was just living her life dancing. And I was like, yes, bitch. <laughs> I like loved she, it. You two would really enjoy each other. She really knows how to I enjoy so. her life. And I, she's she's just very smart and she's seen a lot and she's like really well adjusted and just funny and. She's great. Can't say enough, truly. She's also she's in that Comedy Central horror movie. And I'm I'm watching these clips and I'm laughing. I'm like, damn, she is good. She made a career. She really did. She, both those girls, both Paris and Nicole, you know, they had the they had the help in their lives and being gorgeous. But at the end of the day, they when she talks about really continued. Uh, talks about the sex tape and when people tell her that the sex tape made her career and she goes, No, I had a plan. I was going to do this and I had a plan that like really just broke my heart. Like, oh, you know, she had a plan that wasn't this. Mm. As someone who, who was thinks I, her plan, you know, she I'm like probably was like, I don't know what it was. She didn't say what the plan was, but you know, how do, how do people get famous? You know, they are on TV. They, maybe they host something and then they do this or maybe they, whatever. Uh, I don't know how I mean, you I have the simple life on DVD. I loved it. It was a great show. I have her book. I had her book. Like, I, Did you read I loved Simpson's that show. Book? Mm -mm, I gotta do mm -mm. it. I'm going to download it today. I'm going to do the audiobook today and listen. Yeah, because I loved her. I mean, it's the way we treat our young women, our young stars. It's, um, you know, the fact that, like, someone released her sex tape outside of her consent. We were like, you whore. Like, what? <laughs> like, it was, you know, okay. Well, we could, okay. We're done. This is done now. <laughs> I got a shower. I'm going to the Finland consulate today. Ooh, I don't know what that is, but it sounds nice. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. We'll, see. well, yeah, they're not going to smile is it the at UN? us. All right. No, you know, every country has like a consulate somewhere. Sure. Like where their ambassadors hang out. Like they don't know. They, I think they all go meet up at the UN for business, but for pleasure, they're at the consulate. I don't okay. know. 
One time, so uh, someone's writing a book about imposter syndrome and they wrote to me they're like hey i'm just like reaching out to friends if you can answer this questionnaire and it said like do you ever suffer from imposter syndrome and i was like truly the opposite i'm like uh <laughs> never in my life and i go one time i went and interviewed at the israeli consulate and the disappointment and shock on the interviewees like interviewer's face when i thought i would be the perfect for this job <laughs> was insane that's perfect <laughs> like i i barely finished college and i was like i should work at the israeli consulate for my day job while i do comedy what <laughs> they could use your help psycho <laughs> psycho <laughs> all right bring in jake thank you so much thank you. Yay. Thank you for listening. I hope you love Jared Goldstein the way I do. Message him, follow him, you know, send him compliments, give him all the attention that you can. And um, enjoy your evening and November and beautiful. Oh, my God, I totally forgot. My friend ran the marathon. I'll just talk about the marathon in the next intro or something because I loved it. Or you're listening to this, but I'm so proud of my friend Alex. She ran it. She made her fucking goals happen. I loved cheering with people. I loved seeing people run, embracing their friends and family and supporters and people caring about each other. So many people coming together on this beautiful New York day and uh, it's just really beautiful. And I hope your life is as beautiful as the marathon. Enemies is a headgum podcast. Anya Konevskaya is our supervising producer. Ali Kahan is our associate producer. Rochelle Chen is our engineer, editor, and producer. And me, Lisa Traeger. I am also a producer. Hello. Thank you so much, Carly Jean Andrews, for the cover art. You are incredible. Jeff Krause, thank you for the theme music. I love it. Please follow me on Instagram, at Glitter Cheese and at Enemies Podcast. Rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. Tell us about your own enemies by emailing enemiesthepodcast at gmail.com. But really, I'd love to hear your beautiful voices. So email us a voice memo or call in and leave a message at 323-677-1943. That was a HeadGum Podcast.